Welcome to the Dog Liaison Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And listen, I know that a lot of dog training culture tells you you're just some clueless dog owner bound to make stupid mistakes, but not here, my friend. Welcome to your new safe haven. I believe only you can be the expert in understanding your dog's behavior and their needs. So put on your super guardian cape and step into your destined role to be the very best friend and best support system your dog has ever had. Let's get into it. Hello. I really want to talk about how we set reasonable expectations, reasonable goals on what your dog can accomplish within a certain lot of time. Whether that is in that time you're working with a VB, you're working with a one-on-one trainer, you're working within a full dog training program. How do we set those reasonable expectations? And I think that it's a dual purpose. There's a dual like responsibility. Some of the responsibility is on you to be able to have reasonable expectations to set good goals for yourself. And some of those responsibility lies on the trainer, the coach, whomever you're working with. So I really want to break down whose responsibility is what and what you need to be looking for at the beginning of a program to ensure that you have expectations on what to expect at the end. Okay. The first thing I want to preface this with is that when we're talking about goals and we're talking about expectations, I don't think it's beneficial to anyone to just blankly think of like goals. What are the goals you want? What are the things you want for you and your dog? In my opinion, that's far too broad. And instead, we would want to break them down into like, let's say three categories. We have our long-term goals, our medium goals, and our short-term goals, right? What are the things that we want to accomplish within the time of the program, the time that you have, whether that is a two-month thing, you have a six-month thing, you have a year-long thing. What is the length of time that you have until your due date, if you will? You got to go back to school. You got to have a couple of vacations in the summer, like whatever it is, that's the short term. The medium goal is the comparable time as the short term goal, the comparable time on the latter end. So, for example, if you're in a two month program, your two months is the short term, the following two months, or what do you want to accomplish within the four months? So, what are the medium goals for that? And then our long-term goals can range anywhere from like, what are things that we're working on a year from now to what are things that are in our utopia? What are things that we are trying to accomplish for our, you know, dreamland relationship with our doc? It's really important that you break those down into all of those different pieces, because if you just kind of lump all your goals together, it's going to start to get kind of confusing. You're going to get kind of sidetracked on like, what really are your expectations? Okay. Now, personally, in my opinion, your short-term goals should really prioritize two things. Number one, it should be prioritizing your learning. I understand that we want to prioritize your dog. I understand you want to be able to take your dog out for a walk. I understand that you want to be able to, you know, leave your dog alone for an hour. I understand that you want to be able to, you know, take a stroll in the midnight air. I get it. But your short-term objective needs to recognize that you're not going to be able to do any of that if you don't have the tools and resources within you anyway. So your short-term objectives should really be prioritizing what do I need so that I can maintain this journey, so that I can continue this journey in order to be able to accomplish 
those medium and long-term goals so that I can even get to my utopia. Because my friends, if you're trying to get to your utopia goals and you don't even have the muscle memory within you on how to get there, it's going to take you a real dang long time, real long time. You should not be still trying to figure out how to recover your dog's anxiety a year from now if you start the recovery journey now. You should not still be like wondering, like, when do I ask my dog to do a behavior? Should I do a pattern game or should I do playway? When do I do that? A year from now, when you are working on your utopia goals, you best not be trying to figure that out. That's stuff that you figure out in the short term period. And in my opinion, that's stuff that you figure out when you're actually working with a coach, when you're actually in a dog training program. The second short-term objectives that you have are things like getting your dog's enrichment routine underway, understanding your dog's individual behaviors and your dog's individual needs. Again, sometimes we make our short-term objectives, I want to be able to leave my dog for an hour. And I think that that is reasonable. It's reasonable for our brains to want to do that. But something that we have to appreciate is that like that is too far. There's too many dynamics that are out of your control in that world. Your short-term objective should really be about making sure that you have the resources to maintain so that you can continue forward in your medium and long-term goals. And if you're in a dog training program, if you're in a dog coaching situation, if you're in a one-on-one, if you're in a group, if you're in a class, if you're in a whatever, the trainer, your coach, whomever you're investing in, should be able to articulate what those learning outcomes are. And that brings me to the coach's responsibility. The coach's responsibility is not to tell you, you're going to learn the game, look at that. You're going to learn the process of desensitization. This leads me to the coach's responsibility, which is that the coach needs to be telling you what the learning outcomes are. It's not, you're going to learn, look at that. It's not, you're going to learn alleviate. It's not, you're going to, you know, teach your dog a relaxation protocol. That's what you're learning. That is not the learning outcome. Learning outcome is you will be able to identify exactly what behaviors are important for you and your dog. Learning outcome is you will be able to design your own training plan and know exactly what techniques to use and what environment for your dog. That's a learning outcome. A learning outcome is you will be able to feel confident when you walk out of your door. You're not going to feel like you're hyper scanning. That's a learning outcome. Those are objectives. Those are objectives that you are in control of. What I see a lot of times is people are designing goals that are not within their power. You're like, I want to be able to take my dog for an hour long, you know, vacation or I mean, an hour long walk down the street. That's my big objective. And it's like, okay, but you don't have any control over how fast or how slow that goes. Your dog has experienced trauma. Your dog has a learning style of his own. Your dog is going to have to go through a lot of recovery. And it's unreasonable for us to say exactly how long or how short that recovery is going to look. And it's unreasonable for you to compare that dog's recovery to another dog's recovery. But what is within your control is how often am I able to practice? How often am I reflecting the data? How often am I asking my dog questions? How often am I looking at behavior trends? How confident am I in designing my own training plans and knowing what technique to implement in what environment? Those are goals that which you are in control of and you can achieve. And once you have that achieved, once you have designed and you do feel confident and you do know what you're doing, then you have the capability of making better understandings and better approximations of how long it's going to take for those other goals. Which leads me to my next point. 
Hey, my friend, what's been your favorite part of this episode so far? Send me a DM or email and let me know. I know we're a tiny but mighty community, which I love, but I'd also love to support as many guardians as we can. So it would really mean a lot to me if you shared this episode with a friend in need or posted about it on your IG stories. We'd really appreciate that. And now let's get back to the episode. Which is that as you create your learning, as you get better at your understanding and creating your training plans and you're becoming an expert in your dog. As you're doing that, ironically, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a come to Jesus moment. And you're going to go, this might take a little bit longer than I had initially anticipated. I didn't realize when I created this goal, how big of a goal this really was. But it's okay now, because now I have the tools to break this big objective down into really itty, itty, bitty pieces. And I can get wins on my terms. When you understand how to break criteria down for your dog to create a training plan for your dog, you are in control of when you get those wins. And yeah, it may not be as fast as you initially had planned, but you are still in control of it. And you have a better appreciation of what's required in order to get to that point. One of the things I think that I would say if you're newer in a recovery journey, you may not necessarily know this. This is going to be a spoiler alert. For those who especially been like if you graduated the RP a year ago or something, you're going to completely resonate with this. I was actually just talking to a team who graduated a year ago. Her name is Aggie with Flora. And we did a little interview. It's going to be on our season two episode or season two of our podcast. So you'll be able to listen to that. But one of the things that she was talking about is the snowball effect where she was like, when I was in the RRP, it felt like I was kind of like getting smaller, smaller wins. But what ends up happening is that like, as it starts to roll, as those wins roll, they start picking up steam. And it's almost like, as you start to progress, overnight, you have a brand new dog. Within a matter of two, three, four months, your dog goes from not being able to go on hikes to loving hikes and not being triggered consistently in a short period of time. And you're like, I don't understand because that was so short comparison to when we first began our journey and it felt like it was dragging on because it had a snowball effect because you were more confident. You had the muscle memory. You were not doing as many mistakes, hiccups. It flew through you. You were in flow. You were able to have a dialogue with your dog. You were able to know your dog's needs. And so, yeah, of course, you were able to move through some of those bigger goals faster than you had anticipated. So you just want to know that like sometimes even if you're moving slow at the beginning, that doesn't mean it's going to be slow forever. It just means that you're laying the groundwork. It means that you are breaking down into small, small pieces so that you can afford to eventually be privileged enough to skip steps if your dog says that's okay. The major theme I want you guys to walk away with is I only want you measuring your success based off the things that you are in control of. Measure your progress based off the things that are within your power. Do not measure progress against the things that are not within your power. Your dog's speed of recovery isn't really within your power. It's not within your dog trainer's power. It's not within you. There's no magic pill that you can take that's going to be able to magically speed up everything and it's going to be hunky-dory. Only measure progress off of the things that are within your power. And if it feels like maybe you didn't hit as many goals as you wanted to within a program, I challenge two things. One, when you initially made those goals, did you have a full appreciation of what was going to be required? 
And two, was your dog training coach telling you that you were going to be able to do those things? Or was your dog training coach telling you learning outcomes? I see a lot of dog training programs, whether they're one-on-one or especially if they're one-on-one, quite frankly, whether they're one-on-one or they're dog training classes. I see a lot of them that are really not focused on the learning outcome for the guardian. They're very focused on what is the dog going to learn? The dog's going to learn to sit. The dog's going to learn, look at me. The dog's going to learn, roll over. The dog's going to learn, look at that. The dog's going to learn to relax on a mat. It's like, let me tell you all of the things that the dog is going to learn. But who cares if the dog knows all these skills that the guardian doesn't know how to use them? Who really cares if your dog can go to the mat and lay down in a dog training class with the dog trainer there, if they're not going to be able to apply that back to the house when the dog trainer is not there and if the guardian doesn't know how to do it without the trainer there? So the learning outcome is, yeah, dogs going to learn how to go to the mat. Yeah, dogs going to learn the relaxation protocol. More importantly, though, you as the guardian are going to learn exactly what behaviors you need to reinforce in order to get your dog to calm. You, more importantly, are going to learn the tools of methodically treating and shaping your dog to do a very vague behavior, something so vague as, breathing and relaxing. That is some higher level dog treating right there. Some of the best dog trainers in the world still suck at capturing relaxed behavior. Higher level dog training, some next level caliber of being a guardian is you know the most minute behaviors that indicate, ooh, I should reinforce that because my dog is almost ready for me to get rid of treats and get some belly rubs instead. That is a learning outcome. So Really hope that you guys take some time to consider what are the goals that you're looking for? What do you need in the short term so that you're capable of getting to those medium and long-term goals? What I would say is like when you're looking for progress, sometimes it's not so much the progress in the dogs, it's the progress in ourselves. And I think that our go-to response is to look to the dogs as a reflection of us. If the dogs are behaving badly, then that means that we're not doing well. If the dogs are still living separately, that means that we're not doing our job. But I think that one of the biggest mistakes, biggest lies told to dog culture is that dogs are a reflection of their guardians because they're not. Dogs are not. I can guarantee you right now, my dog is not a reflection of how well of a trainer I can be. I can tell you that right now because I have not invested the nuance that I have within me that I can apply to other dogs if I really need to. I haven't applied that to Max because I don't need to. I can guarantee you right now, Max is not a reflection of the skill that I have. And sometimes we have to look within ourselves and within our own data or reflection of our own capabilities instead of turning to the dogs to tell us what we're capable of. That's my nugget of gold for you guys today. I hope that this was supportive. I hope that you have a very fabulous rest of your day. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dog Liaison Podcast. Support for this episode came from the Recovering Rover Program. Go to getacomdog.com to learn how you can treat your dog's anxiety. And you can support this podcast by leaving a review and sharing. I appreciate your continued support, and I'll see you in the next episode.